love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody praise him. Somebody praise him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, all across this building, let's love him. Come on, let's worship him. You don't have to live defeated because God has won the victory. And we are a victory through the blood of Jesus. We are overcomers through him that loved us. We are more than conquerors. We love you, Jesus. We praise you, God. Oh, somebody worship him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord here today. Anybody thankful to be in church here today? Amen. I want to say it's good to have all of our guests and all of our visitors. We'd like for you to join us in this back room after the altar call. Uh, we're going to be having a Chili Verde burrito fundraiser. But if you're a first-time guest, you're going to eat for free, and it's going to be good. I promise. Hallelujah. Amen. It's good to see several faces in the house of God. Good to see you here today. I believe that's, is that your dad? Wonderful. All right. Good to see you in the house of God. Thank God for grandparents. Amen. And I don't know why Sister Monique is visiting from Visalia. I have no idea why she's here. Uh, it might be the strapping young man behind me. I don't know. But it's good to have you in the house of God. Maybe she wanted to just come to see the beautiful Carson City area. Amen. Hallelujah. But it's good to see everybody's smiling face in the house of God here this afternoon. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn open to the book of Genesis chapter 30, verse 10. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I love the, the, the spirit of God that we feel in this house here today. Hallelujah. Genesis chapter 30, verse 10. Bible says this, and Zilpah, Leah's maid, bare Jacob a son, and Leah said, a troop cometh, and she called his name Gad. Skipping down, we're going to go flip over a couple pages to Genesis chapter 49 and verse number 19. Forty-nine and nineteen. The Bible says, Gad, a troop shall overcome him, but he shall overcome at the last. A troop shall overcome him, but he shall overcome at the last. And I want to preach to us for a few moments on this subject. It's not how you start, but how you finish. Would you set your Bibles down and let's pray all across the building. Oh, let's pray. I believe that people can walk out of this building healed, delivered, set free, sanctified by the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Somebody pray. I believe today can be a life-changing moment for somebody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, give us ears to hear and a heart to respond to your word, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I pray that this would be an encouragement to your people, to every guest and visitor here this afternoon, God, we give you the glory and the praise and the honor. Oh, somebody give him a hand clap of praise and a shout of victory. Oh, that feels good. Somebody praise him with a shout of triumph. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. 
Amen. Shake your neighbor's hand. Greet him in the name of the Lord, and you may be seated in the house of God. Hallelujah. It's not how you start, but how you finish. The context of Genesis chapter 49 is... Jacob is at the end of his life. Uh, also, Israel is at the end of his life. And he is going by one by one and blessing each of his children. And ultimately, he is not just proclaiming a blessing upon his children, but he is prophesying about their future. I think that's really a good thing for parents to do, to bless their children and to prophesy about their future. But he goes through and one by one begins to proclaim that the scepter shall not depart from Judah until Shiloh come and prophesies about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And, and, and in his old age, no doubt he is doing this because he knows that his time is very limited and that he does not have uh, much life left in him. And as he goes, one by one, he prophesies and he blesses. And then he gets to Gad. No doubt his mind, as many old men would become, and as we all do, his mind begins to wander back over his life. As he sees each of his children, begins to remember happy times and times where they were playing outside of the tent and doing all sorts of things. But it's also at this moment that he contemplates all of his years and all of the life that he lives and starts to remember some things. No doubt he, he remembered that his life was one that started in turmoil. He was a twin, and surely he had heard the stories of his parents over and over. They told him that, that, that Jacob was in the womb and he was wrestling with his brother. He was born to be the runt but he came out a fighter. Can I preach to somebody for just a moment? It doesn't matter how you're born. You've got to have a little fight in you. You might have started out small, but you can come out with strength and you can come out with power. Amen. So he goes through and he, in his mind, he begins to recollect all the stories of his birth. He came out and his parents told him that he came out with his hands tightly affixed and grasping on to his brother's heel, trying desperately to steal first place. And no doubt Jacob thought to himself, oh, that was the start of my thieving ways. He begins to remember as he got a little older, tricking his older brother into selling his birthright for a bowl of beans and how he so so secretly and, 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 and trickily uh, cheated his brother out of a birthright that was worth more than that bowl of beans. And he thinks to himself, that was where I became a cheater. And then he remembers as he got a little older and it came time just like he is right now where his father was dying and about to give the blessings on his children. And he knew that if I'm the second born, I don't get a blessing like the firstborn. And and he thinks, I should have been first, but I was second. And he deceived his blind father by acting like Esau just to get a blessing. And 
no doubt Jacob thought to himself at the end of his life, that was how much of a liar I had become. There was no boundaries to my lies. I just lied about everything. It became a lifestyle. And then he remembers a day when he was running from Esau. I don't, I don't know why, he thinks to himself, but it was just always my first response to run from my problems. It seems to me that in my old age, looking back, that avoidance was my only solution. He remembers getting to Laban's house and, and soon enough meeting a man that was more of a liar, a cheat, and a thief than he could ever dream of being. And he remembers being lied to, deceived, and robbed by his father-in-law, Laban. And he thinks back on those days and, and says, I, I remember when that happened. I finally started reaping all of the evil that I had sown through those years. I started finally getting back a taste of my own medicine. And then he remembers that he finally got tired of reaping what he had sown. And, and the day came when he ran from Laban's house. And, and he remembers and thinks to himself, I, I, I tried again to run and to avoid my problems, but as I've come to find out in my old age, it never works to run away from your problems. It never works to try and to get away and try to, to avoid every bit of issues and every bit of problems. It never seems to work out. And yet I still tried to run. But then he remembers what happened after that. I remember the day when all of a sudden I was being chased down by Laban and I was looking for what direction to go and all of a sudden as I'm being chased down by Laban I heard that Esau was coming in front of me and that was the day when my problems caught up with me that was the day when I realized there's nowhere to run it was at that moment I realize you can't outrun your problems and you can't avoid your issues forever. I remember thinking to myself, I can't go back to Laban. And if I move forward, Esau will destroy me. And Jacob shakes himself up out of memory lane. Now he's in the present looking at his son Gad. And immediately as he looks at Gad, he does it again, begins to slip back to the day when Gad was born. It was probably a bright, sunny day. Wasn't too hot, wasn't too humid, not a lot of clouds in the sky. But there, Leah's handmaiden had just given birth to a baby boy. And this old man, Jacob, is looking back and thinking how excited he was. Another son to be born into my family. I'm such a blessed man to have so many children. And as he stands there, in his memory, looking back down at this child that has just been born. He remembers that Leah looked at the young child, not being the mother, but still taking ownership of this child and begins to proclaim prophetically over his life. It was not Jacob that had the opportunity to name this child. It was not the father that had the opportunity to name it, but he's standing there in the corner as Leah, someone that is not even related, begins to name this child. And she looks at him and prophetically says that a troop is coming. And then she names him Gad. Gad has two main meetings, meanings. One is good luck. That's how some of us were born into this world. 
She said, a troop is coming. Good luck. A battle is on its way. Good luck. You're going to have troubles and trials. Best of luck to you, God. And that's how a lot of people in this building were born. You were born into a circumstance that you never asked for and into a family maybe you never asked for. And when they looked over your life and they looked ahead, all they could say to you is, best of luck, sir. Best of luck, ma'am. There's a lot of trouble that's going to come in your life. And they were right. There's a lot of problems that are going to come into your world. And they were correct. And all they could say to you was, best of luck. Can I preach to that individual that doesn't feel very lucky about the cards that you were dealt and the hand that you were dealt? Your mother and father, others in your world might have looked over your life and said, you've got a hard life coming ahead of you. You've got troubles and you got trials and there's no way you're going to get through them. The only way you're going to make it out is by a little bit of good luck and there's people here today you don't feel very lucky. You look back over your life and you don't feel very blessed and you look back over every trouble and every trial and every struggle and you're thinking to yourself there wasn't a lot of luck involved with it. Oh lift up your hands. Let's pray. Hallelujah, I'm preaching to somebody already. Hallelujah, I came to minister to somebody. They said you're going to only get out of this thing by luck and by chance, and it doesn't feel very lucky, and your chances are running out. Somebody pray. Oh, come on. Come on, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. There's some people who are born into such adverse circumstances that the only thing anybody could ever speak over your life is good luck. I remember the home that I came from, drugs, alcohol, abuse, cops being called every week and thinking to myself, how am I going to get out of this? How am I going to dig myself out of the ghetto? Uh, hood's in the name, hallelujah. How am I going to get out of it? I don't know. And I remember people looking at me and saying, well, maybe one day you'll get lucky and you'll get out of this. Maybe one day your luck will change and the cops will stop showing up and dad will stop drinking and mom will stop drinking and drugs will stop entering the home and, and maybe they'll start paying the bills and you won't have to be homeless anymore. And I, I thought to myself, well, I, I don't know about that because if, if my luck has anything to do with it, anybody ever said that? Well, uh, uh, knowing my luck, uh, everything's just going to go downward, downward, downward. Uh, and if I was basing my whole life off luck, uh, I wouldn't be standing here today. And if I was basing my whole life off chance, uh, it wouldn't be here today. Uh, but I've come to let somebody know your life uh, is not based on chance. Uh, it's not based on luck. Uh, I've come to let you know that God's got a plan. God's not concerned and God's not worried. He's not rolling the dice in your life. He's saying, I got a plan for you. I got a purpose for you. Luck has nothing to do with it. Oh, somebody lift up your hands and magnify him. Oh, let's pray. I'm preaching to somebody right now. You're thinking, I can't get out of this. You don't know where I come from, preacher. You don't know what I've been through. My luck is just down to the drain. I don't have anything going for me. My family wasn't for me. My parents weren't for me. Finances weren't for me. My luck's run out. Amen. You're not basing life on luck. You're waiting on the Lord to come through. Oh, somebody pray.
Hallelujah. This name, she said, a troop's coming. Best of luck to you, Gad. What a terrible thing to say over the life of a child. But now, there's another meaning to his name. Funny enough, his name also means truth. And Jacob now snaps back to the present. And he's looking at Gad. And he's thinking about what Leah said all those years ago. A troop is coming. A troop is coming. And as Jacob looks at Gad, he, he begins to think about his own life. And he begins to see some similarities. And he thinks about all the troops that came in his life. All the times that Esau was chasing him down. All the times that Laban lied and cheated and stole from him. All, all the times he was tricked and all the things that happened in his world. And, and all the times that he had to run from one problem to the other. Uh, he wasn't going from success to success. Uh, he was going from failure, from problem to problem, from failure to failure. Uh, he was going from one issue to the next. Uh, he was going from Laban to Esau, from Esau to Laban. Uh, always going back and forth between the problems he was trying to outrun uh, and he thinks to himself uh, amen it, it, she said over God's life uh, that a troop was coming and, and that's just how it is and the Bible even says that a man's life uh, is, is but a few moments uh, and it's full of trouble uh, and that's how life gets uh, life has troubles uh, and life has struggles uh, and I've come to preach to everybody uh, amen he looked at Gad and said Gad uh, I want you to know I've learned a few things in life uh, a troop will overcome you uh, you will have troubles coming to your life. You will have problems that you can't outrun. You will have issues. They will overtake you. They will overcome you. They will outnumber you. You'll have more bills than you can pay. You'll have more month than you have money. You'll have more sickness than you have health. He's looking back as an old man, looking back over life and saying, God, there's going to come a troop. There's going to come battles. There's going to come war and you will not be able to escape it somebody lift up your hands and let's pray I come to preach to the folks that are trying to outrun their problems I'm not going to be able to outrun these problems. You're right. You're right. You were never meant to outrun your problems. You were never meant to escape your issues. You were never meant to escape your past. You were meant to face your past. Oh, somebody pray. He says, God, let me prophesy about your future. Because this is how everybody's life is. A troop's going to overcome you. In other words, Gad, your name means troop, and a troop's going to overcome you. And I've learned a few things about life, Gad. You will be overcome by what you are. You will be overtaken by what you are. And as Jacob stands there looking at his son, uh, he begins to think to himself, uh, I was a liar. I was a cheat, I was a thief, and I was one that always ran from my problems. But there came a day when all of my problems and everything I'd sown in life, I began to reap, and everything I ran from began to overtake me and overcome me. And God, it's no different for you. You're just like me. You've got the same blood running through your veins, God. And everything that you are will eventually go and overtake you. Can I preach to somebody that has been struggling with themselves?
Everything you are is ready to overcome you. Everything you've ever been is looking to overtake you. Everything you, you've been trying to run from yourself. There's some people here today been trying to put on a facade and put on a mask and try to act like, no, everything's fine. And, and I've never had problems and I've never, I've never had issues. I've been a perfect individual. And you might be able to fool the church and fool the preacher, but you'll never fool yourself and you'll never fool God. And there's some folks that right now, they're in the midst of that. They're being overtaken by themselves. They've got, they've got some compulsions. They've got some addictions. They've got, they've got things that they can, they've been trying to run from. They've been trying to escape. And every time they get as far away as they can, it sneaks around a corner and it attacks them again. I didn't want to be a liar, but, but, but every time I get in a position where I don't know what to do and I feel like I'm in a bind, the best way out of it is to lie my way out of the situation and and I just didn't want to be a cheater but but every time I come around somebody that doesn't seem as bright as me and I, I find a way I can get advantage I just cheat my way to the top I'm telling somebody here today everybody's got something everybody you fill in the blank everybody's got something they know that they struggle with and they're trying to run away you can't run away from the man in the mirror. You can run away from your spouse. You can run away from your job. You can run away from your bills. But you'll never be able to escape the person that stares you in the face every single day. I want to preach to the gads in the building that are saying, well, I'm just so messed up. I'd rather change my name. I'd rather just act like I've not had those issues. I've come to let you know you will be overcome by what you are. We all have. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none perfect, no, not one. The Bible says that we've all gone our own way. We've all gone astray. Every individual in this building has fallen prey to what they are. The very nature of man, Paul said, oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? He said, the good that I want to do, I don't do good. And the evil that I'm trying to avoid and trying to run from, that's what I end up doing. It is a fight. It is a battle. Every individual has got to fight against themselves. I know that in, in the church we like to preach about the devil, and I promise you uh, we're going to preach about that, and we're going to kick the devil in the teeth, and we're going to boot him out of the church. But sometimes we've got to step back and say, you know what, sometimes the devil's not the problem. Oh, hallelujah. Let me preach to somebody for a moment. Sometimes the devil is not the problem. And sometimes the issue is not something that's ooky spooky and spiritual. Sometimes our biggest issues and our biggest problems, Gad, sometimes the biggest troop that comes into your life is the, th the person that you stare in the mirror every time you brush your teeth. The person that you look at every morning when you get up. You know what I'm talking about. The person you don't like when you look in the mirror. The individual that you feel like isn't good enough. The person that you wish you could change and be somebody else. That person, Gad, that's the troop. Somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. Oh, come on. I, I'm almost done preaching right here, but I, I've got to help somebody. I've got to help somebody. You can't outrun yourself. There is no way you can outrun yourself. You cannot. You, there's, you can't be fast enough. You can't be strong enough. Come on. You're, you cannot go. It will overtake you. And he tells Gad, Gad, I remember the day when my troop overtook me. 
And there will come a day where your troop overtakes you. But Dad, I don't want to leave you there because I'm old enough to know that life has a way of twisting and turning. I want to leave you, Gad, with a little bit of encouragement. Let me tell you, Gad, about the day I stopped running from my problems. Listen, folks, the longer we run from our problems, is that we will not fix problems if we run from them. And the longer we keep on running, the longer we delay our deliverance. And the longer we delay our forgiveness. And the longer we delay, well, I'm just, per no, stop running, stop hiding. He said, Gad, let me tell you about the day that I stopped running from my problems. That day was the day that I wrestled with God. I stopped trying to avoid what I've been. And I stopped trying to hide what I've been. And I stopped lying to myself. That was the day I wrestled with God. And he asked me what's your name and I had a decision to make will I tell him I'm Esau like I lied to my father will I try to be something else or will I face who I am and face what I've been he said I am Jacob I'm the liar I'm the cheat I'm the thief I'm the one that runs from problems I'm the one that loves avoidance I'm the one I want you to know he said Gad that was the day I got this limp that was the reason that I'm currently worshiping God while leaning on this staff. That was the day that God changed me. That was the day that God changed me from being what I was into what I was supposed to be. Somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. Oh, come on. I feel the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody pray. Somebody pray. That was the day. That was the moment, Dad, that I stopped being Jacob and I started being Israel. That's when I stopped being the liar and I started being a prince. I went from being a peasant to having royal blood flowing through my veins when I stopped lying about who I was and running from me. Oh, somebody pray. I feel him. That's going to happen for somebody today. That's going to happen for somebody today. You're going to look back on this service and say, that was the day. That was the day. That was the day. That was the moment I stopped running. That was the moment God changed me. That's when he changed my name. He changed my destiny. He changed who I've been. Dad, you will be overcome by what you are. But let me give you some good news. You will become an overcomer in the end. You will be overtaken by what you are. But in the end, at the, final, at the final tick of the clock, at the final countdown, you'll be an overcomer in the end. Gad, let me teach you something I've learned about life. It's not how you start life that matters. It's how you finish life that matters. Can I preach to ARC to some folks that you weren't so lucky in life and you showed up and it didn't start off just right? It's not about how you start in life. You might have been busted, broken, disgusted, but I've come to let you know it's not about how you start. It's about how you finish. Oh, somebody give him praise. Somebody give him praise. I've come to preach to some folks that are about to find their finish. They're going to find their finished product. And it ain't what I started at. It ain't what I've been. I'm about to, I'm about to come to the end. I'm about to finish. What? Oh, somebody worship him. Oh, lift up your hands and magnify him. Come on, let's pray.
There's some folks get so caught up on how they start and the struggle they're in right now. But I've come to let you know, don't focus so much on the struggle and on the start. Start looking towards the end of your faith. Start looking towards the finished product. Start looking towards what God wants to make you. Oh, God, I want you to know you're not going to be, your life's not going to be all held up in what you were. We call them the 12 tribes of Israel. We, we look at the fact that it was Israel. And when we get to heaven, there's going to be a new Jerusalem, which is Israel. God is saying, I can make you new. I can change you. I can shape you. I can mold you. And can I preach to some folks, you may not have started this life all perfect. And you may not have had everything everybody else had. But God's saying, I can still work with that. If I can work with Jacob and make him Israel, God, let me just preach to you for a moment. I can take you as being somebody who's overcome and make you an overcomer. Let me preach to somebody here today. Let me talk about Samson for a moment. Samson was somebody who enjoyed entertainment with the enemy and enjoyed hanging out with the things that were trying to destroy him. He laid his, hat, his head in the lap of Delilah and ended up being somebody who they cut off his consecration, cut off his hair, and he backslid for a moment. And in that moment of a bad decision and that moment of a mistake, they cut off his power and they plucked out his eyes what do I do I've fallen preacher and I can't get up I've backslidden I've done some things I know I shouldn't have done I've been in a battle with me and I've lost and I've been overcome and I've been overtaken and now I don't have power and now I don't have consecration and now I don't seem to have they plucked out his eyes and now I don't see anything happening in my world and I can't see my future and I can't see what God's doing and I can't I'm preaching to somebody right now I can't see I'm now plowing in a mill and my whole life is going in circles and I don't know how to get out of this and it all started because I lost a battle with me it's not how you start Samson it's how you finish At the end of his life he says lead me to the pillars and they led him to the pillars and he said oh God oh God give me strength just one more time and he began to pray again can I preach to somebody about praying again and saying you know what I might have started out and I might have made mistakes and I might have failed but God I want you to help me that at the end of my life maybe you wasted years of your life living for the devil and living for the world but can I just preach to you about your end game can I preach to you about your finish your finished product the Bible says he pushed against those pillars and he killed more in his death than he ever did in his life it's not how you start it's how you finish lift up your hands let's stand all across the building lift up our hands and let's magnify God Come on, let's pray. Let's pray. Come on, what are you doing at your end game? What are you doing at the finished product? Go look towards that. Work towards that. I'm not going to be where I am today, tomorrow. I will not be what I am today, next year. The finished product will be better. Oh, somebody pray. Somebody pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Somebody's latter end is going to be greater than their former. Somebody's end result is going to be greater because you didn't stop right here. You didn't allow your overcomeness to stop you from being an overcomer. You didn't allow your failures, your faults, your mistakes from praying again. God's looking towards the end game. The end game, listen, I'm, I love chess. There's three parts of chess, the opener, the mid game, and the end game. You could have the best opener in the, in the entire world, have a million dollars in the bank. You could just absolutely look so eloquent. And you could have a stunning mid game, money in the bank, everything's going great, married, family, everything, and lose it all at the end game. You can't. You can lose everything. You can start out so great and somebody come by around your defenses and destroy you. And what really matters in the end of it all? The end game. And I know people that, that, that they don't do too well in the beginning. They don't do too well in the middle. But you get them at the end. You get them down to the last few pieces and something comes out of them. And all of a sudden they start finding strategies they didn't find before. Come on, I, I promise you, I'm not a very good opener, don't have a very good mid-game, but I promise you, get me to the end game. I'm about to do some damage. That's how some people live their lives. They don't know. They, there's some folks who get so focused on the fact they didn't start out as good as everybody else. And they can't focus on where they are. And there's others that say, maybe I didn't start out like that. But they start looking towards the end. They get, they get a goal in mind. They be like Paul. I'm, I'm, I'm pressing towards the mark of the high calling that's in Christ Jesus. I haven't attained. I haven't figured it out. But I'm still looking forward. you got to look towards the end. Say, how can I get there? How can I get there, God? Right now I feel overcome, but God, I know it won't always be this way. Come on, Dad. You might be overtaken by a fault. You might be overcome. You might feel like you're failing and falling, but you got to look towards the end. Samson said, I failed all my life, beginning, middle, but I will not fail at the end. David started out awesome, slaying lions and bears and giants. Oh, my. And then he's king and lets everybody else go fight and go to battle. Sits back in his comfortable castle. Here he is in the mid-game, hanging out. And he looks out his window and sees a woman. And he cheats on his wife with the first woman he sees. Hey, these are biblical heroes. People just like you and I. And he could have died there. But David said, my bones were raging all night. There was no soundness in my flesh. I couldn't, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat because I knew that I had been overcome and overtaken by who I am. And at the very end of his life, he started losing his warmth. And they threw a young lady in the, in the, in the, in the, in the room with him. Let me just say it that way. And he made up his mind, no, I'm not, nope. I'm not going to be tempted by that anymore. David made it up in his mind. I will not fail at the end. I will not be overcome at the end. Let me talk about Peter. Peter, who denied Jesus, but then preaches Pentecost. Let me talk about Paul. Paul killed Christians, but now he preaches Christ. 
And what do we remember? We remember the strong Samson, hero of the faith. We remember a David, a man after God's own heart who kills lions, bears, and giants. We remember a Peter who preached the first service in the church. And we remember a Paul who wrote most of the New Testament. And let me tell you what the Bible says. And such were some of you. But we are washed. We are cleansed. We are justified. Can I preach to somebody? Let me just tell you right now, Gad, you've been overtaken, and so have I. You've made mistakes, and so have I. you failed God, and so have I. And such were some of us. Don't let the tie fool you. We've all been there, done that, and got the T-shirt. But let me tell you what we've decided, that our end will be greater. We might have been overtaken. We might have been overcome. But in the end, I will be an overcomer. Lift up your hands. I'm done preaching. Come on, somebody pray. It's not how you start, Gad, it's how you finish. Come on, there's some folks. You need to get your end game in mind. You need to look towards the end, look towards your finished product, and say, God, that's where I want to be. I feel God in this house. Somebody pray. There's some overcomers in this house. Well, I don't feel like one preacher. You're an overcomer. I don't, I don't, I don't act like one preacher. You're an overcomer. I don't see it right now. You're an overcomer. Dad, you might have failed, but you're not a failure. There's an end game in mind. Somebody pray. I want to open up this altar. Would you come? This is an opportunity to say, God, at the end of my result, at the end of my life, at the end of this altar, I might have been overtaken all week long, all month long, my entire life. But after today, I will be an overcomer. I will overcome myself. I will overtake myself. I will overcome what I've been. Would you come to the altar? Come on, church, we need a breakthrough right here for some folks of the altar. Would you come pray with somebody? Would you come lay hands on somebody if it's appropriate and pray? Every visitor, you're welcome to come. By the blood of the Lamb and by the word of my testimony. Come on, God. It's how you finish. It's how you finish. I'm going to finish strong. I'm going to finish an overcomer. I'm going to finish more than a conqueror. I'm going to finish as an overcomer. Somebody pray. And by the word of my testimony, he saved me. He rescued me. He delivered. Set me free Ever since I've been chained I've never been the same yet And I can lift my hands and say Thank you for your grace By the word 
all church was praying. Come on. There's some folks that are fighting right now. They're in a battle right now. But I want you to know that by the blood of Jesus, we are more than conquerors. We are overcomers through him that loved us. Somebody pray. By the blood of the Lord. 